you I needed to stay for Hannah and you manipulated me. I didn't manipulate you. I saved your life. You tricked me into leaving my daughter. I'm sorry. If I don't go back now, she is gone forever. Hannah is gone forever. Everybody, welcome to our podcast. I'm Daphne. And I'm Wendy. And I'm Jason. And this is House Podcastica, The Handmaid's Tale Edition. This week, we're covering The Handmaid's Tale, Season 4, Episode 6, Vows. This was quite an episode. It really was. I was blown away. So much. I mean, we really, it was a June episode. In May. Really? Yeah. In May. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's really was... interesting because I felt like it was a Mara episode. Yeah. I thought I it was. Uh, I thought it was. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I, could totally mm-hmm. see that. I think it was both, though. Yeah. I, I think say. we learned a little bit more about their friendship and more yeah. thoughts before June got married. And yeah, well, she was really on an emotional roller coaster in this episode. Yeah. But but I think we got some good stuff about June too. Oh yeah. Sure. Very much agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very deep. I kind of like that the way that they told the story, they kept it really centered on Moira and June and what was going on around them and also the flashbacks. Like we didn't get any other tidbits in this episode from any of the other yeah, stories it's really focused. that are going on. I think, honestly, they should know, and they probably do know, this is what we wanted. We wanted to see this. We wanted to see the reunion of Luke and June. We wanted to see, would June actually go if she was given the opportunity to leave? Mm -hmm. Those are the things that we really wanted to know. Yeah. So I feel like they delivered in this episode. Like usual, they just continue to nail it. Yep. It was short, too. I think it was... It might have been the shortest one ever. I don't know for sure, but which is crazy because it felt like so much happened. Even though, like, not much happened, it felt like so much happened. Mm. I felt emotionally like I had been through the ringer. Yeah, yeah. There were more. I I agree with you. I think that it seemed like they packed a lot in, but it didn't feel rushed. Even though I think the episode was like thirty eight minutes. It didn't feel rushed. Everything was carefully executed like usual, just very carefully executed. Mm-hmm. So I was really pleased with it. And um, 
lots of pauses in between the dialogue, mm-hmm. like normal, or else it wouldn't be The Handmaid's Tale. Like exactly. when um, when they had June there and, and she was Rachel Smith with her badge and they were going to pass her off, you know, and the guy goes, name, and she didn't say anything. And then I thought, um, uh, in my head, Mora jumped in and goes, oh, she was hit, you know, she fit, got knocked down with the bombs and everything. In my head, she was about to say, oh, she just pauses before she speaks. Don't worry about it. It's just yeah. for her. <laughs> I was concerned because she did give her name. I was concerned at one point when they were asked. Moira did? Uh, actually, June gave her name as Rachel Smith. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was after that, though, that she couldn't really explain what happened to her. And I was afraid she was just going to give in and say, I'm June Osborne. I'm you guys are looking I'm for sorry. me, my handmaid, whatever. But Moira kind of stepped in to keep that going. Yeah. I mean, Moira was very determined in this episode. She was very solid, very strong on everything that she was trying to get across with June. Like, she didn't want to leave her behind. And there's so much that went on. So I feel like we should probably just jump in and start mm-hmm. with our highlights. My number three is choices decisions and sadness and it is less about the story and more about the impact of decisions that have to be made by folks like una who go in and try to help the people in the region the sadness the desperation that you saw of the people that were behind the fences like they were terrified distraught desperate and The folks that were there on the relief effort, Una says multiple times, I've had to make really hard decisions and it's not easy and people are left behind and you're not the only one who would leave someone behind in Gilead. And it really, I kind of, it took me to this mental place thinking, wow, she's really faced with a lot of really tough decisions. And like you would be if you were the UN going into a, war-torn country and she's very firm you know about what they have to do and that they can't take june with them because she's public enemy number one and gilead would find out about it and that would you know make it so that one person is not as important as the whole like it's important for una and her group to be able to continue to go and help the folks in the region all of them, not just you. And that takes us right back to that theme that's been happening where it's about June's actions directly or indirectly might have some negative impact. This could be on a much wider scale potentially before. Yes. I mean, it still could, I guess, if they find out that June's in Canada, but yeah. Yeah. We don't know yet. We'll get that in the next episode, which I'm dying to watch already. (laughs) (laughs) I want to, I want to find out, you know, what's going to happen is I, I, I feel like it's that way every week. I'm just dying to get to the next one. And that's, I think, how you know you have a captivating show. Yeah. Is you're you're already all in and you just can't wait to see the next thing. I guess I'm like that, too. I was really last week when she met up with Moira and they ended it there. Damn it. This time I am for sure. And I'm totally going to go watch it as soon as we're done. (laughs) But it's also been kind of nice just to be left on a, at least for this show, relatively high note something nice you know yeah <laughs> with her yeah while. yeah hang yeah. on to that for another yeah. day or two 
I know. I love the way the ending was shot where she's walking off the boat and she's just standing there and breathing and looking and Mm -hmm. like realizing the symbolism of stepping off that boat and stepping onto Canadian soil. That's actually a safe place because she's never really been safe. So I'm sure we'll get into that more. Yeah. I mean, it's significant because she's safe and she's out of Gilead. That's like on Canadian soil, but also it's a step away from Hannah Mm-hmm. which is hard yes. really hard for her so it's significant for both of those reasons yeah definitely so wendy or jason who wants to go next you want to go i'll go i'll talk about why i thought this was a mora centric episode um i i had asked for more mora i called hulu and told them what they <laughs> need to do no <laughs> and and I, I really you think heard the podcast, they, I'm sure. Yeah, I really mm-hmm. think they delivered. Uh, as Jason said, this was just a roller coaster for Moira. This whole episode, we go from her being shocked and exhilarated when she first finds June, to her heartbreaking desperation to save June. Ultimately, I think Mara will do anything and she'll say anything to get June on that boat. She mm-hmm. tries anger. Hannah's she, on the boat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She tries anger. She tries guilt. She tries manipulation. She jeopardizes the entire mission of Sarah. Um, she jeopardizes the future of people in Gilead that, that Sarah could help. Um. She jeopardizes herself, her relationship with Una, and Mm -hmm. I don't think she does this unthinking or that she doesn't care about those things. She cares greatly about those things, but I believe for her, there are no other options. I I don't think that she would have left without June. I don't think she could, she could have. Yeah. Well, she, she was going to get on that dumb little lifeboat. Yeah, and and we, I mean, I really felt like she was going. Yes, and yeah. I and for a second there, I Absolutely. thought the story could turn, and next yeah. week we could see them <laughs> maybe floating oh, out of sea, <laughs> rowing. But I really, I I have felt that the show has not utilized Mara's character this season, and boy, they saved it all up for this episode because I thought the actress just did an amazing job and. I felt such, I felt her anguish so deeply. Well, I mean, you know why? June's her friend, of course. She doesn't want her to suffer. But also that moment on the subway platform when they were both meant to get on the subway and leave Gilead. And I forget exactly what happened, but they got separated and only Moira got away. Yeah. It's forever in her mind, the guilt associated the with that. Survivor's guilt. I, don't make mm-hmm. me leave you again, you know. Yeah. I'm not going to let that happen again. No way. Yeah. Yeah, um, she's pretty stern with her at that point. She's like, June, boat, now. Don't make me leave you again. Don't fucking do that to me. You can't do that to me. Please, you've got to go with me. You've got to come back. I wrote that down because I just thought that was... I, I mean, June's used to doing what she, June wants to do, and June makes decisions. June later says, you manipulated me, and she did. And I, I'm not finding fault with her. She, you know, I, I think I would have done the same thing. She she can't stand the thoughts of 
letting June go back into that, knowing what would likely be her fate. Yeah. And so she's going to try anything and everything. What did she what did she do that was particularly manipulative? She told her that Hannah was safer without her. Yeah. And at, at one point she also said, yeah, come on, we're going to go look for Janine, something like that. That yeah, part, Jan- yes. Yeah, yeah sure. that. Both of those I thought were fairly I mean, Hannah, like, June, bl- you know, she blames herself for everything that happened to Hannah. And, I, and I'm and i like, no, none of that is your fault at all. But then I no. thought, like, well, maybe you could say because she took Eleanor, you know, Joseph Lawrence's wife and went to the school that it's not June's fault. But as a result of that. Hannah got taken away from the family she was with and we don't really know where she is now. We know they've threatened her. I don't know if they're serious about that. We know they brought her to that glass cage and, mm-hmm. you know, so it's possible that just as a punishment for June, what she's done that Hannah may be in a worse condition at this point though, I feel like if they find out June's in Canada, that could be bad news for Hannah too. So there's no winning at this point. Yeah, I agree. You know? And, and I think even in the fragile state that June's in, she's aware of all that. Yeah. That's why it is such a, yes, it's so incredible that June got to Canada, mm-hmm. but that is also her leaving behind her daughter. Which yeah. has to weigh so heavily on her. If if she had gotten Hannah out, uh, it would be a much different show because Gilead would still be a huge problem, but June wouldn't be so tangled up in it and enmeshed in it. You know, she would be able to maybe try to help, but not feel like my heart isn't in Gilead. You know, yeah. So um, that wouldn't really fly for the show. They couldn't. She couldn't no. have been successful at this point. And going going to Canada having hannah there would really mean like they're safe and right now if june is in canada we can feel like okay she's safe but hannah's not safe like there's still that conflict you know within ourselves and within her knowing that you know how is she going to help hannah from canada even though moira said you know we'll fight gilead from canada we'll fight them we'll do this how find out next week yeah find out next week (laughs) (laughs) but it doesn't yeah there's no nothing that comes to mind right what are you gonna do yeah i don't know (laughs) i don't know it's definitely gonna be interesting all right so jason what is your number three mine is kind of specifically about the emotional roller coasteriness of this episode the back and forth push and pull of the tension so i'm gonna kind of summarize it but just focus on that part of it um i mean the show kind of does that in general but this episode in particular did the dramatic tension really well so we're happy to see moira at the beginning of the episode and glad she wants to get june to safety she says a med tent yes you know she's clearly she's been shell-shocked like you were right daphne she didn't know who she was no (laughs) and and um but still she's insistent on going to look for janine so we're like oh oh we we do care about janine but yeah probably want to get out of there and get help and someone more convinces her to get help which is good but then 
the whole thing about the area not being secure and the volunteers are just, well, we got to get out of here and abandon, abandon the mission and all the refugees are going crazy. So it's like, ah, fuck that sucks. And then Moira's trying to, Oh, you come on the boat with me, come back. And, and it's like, yeah, good. But then June's like, no, I don't want to leave Hannah. You know, my daughter's here. And so we understand that, but it's still like, oh, you're, you're going to stay where it's all dangerous. But then Moira convinces her to go back and hide on the boat and she finds a good hiding place and then she finds out that oh there's going to be an inspection check ah fuck <laughs> no good yeah. and 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 then so she has to tell una the truth and then they're all deciding whether they want to kick her off or not and she's like i'll just go ahead and tell them i'm here and and then we're like ah crap again captured yet again and then una makes that snap decision to you know, print out the badge you know and get her a vest and so we're like oh thank god but then um, when they do come to check it out, she's like not answering questions <laughs> and can't can't seem to function. And or like that was just one last little like, oh, this could all go south here. But then Moira makes up a story and June's fine. And even the little part at the end where she's not sure if Luke's going to disappoint in her, which I'm sure we'll talk about, was a little bit another thing. They're like, oh, my God, how's he going to receive her? And then he gives her a hug. And so that was a relief. So it was really a lot of back and forth oh i think things are good oh wait they're not good oh wait maybe they are oh wait maybe they're not that made it quite a journey to watch yeah there were some definite uh ups and downs in this episode as far mm -hmm. as the emotional roller coaster i think that we were all on i have to agree and it was a bit of a different experience than a lot of episodes of the hammy's tale which end on one of those down notes and yeah. this one ended on an up note but, yeah, you know, definitely. it was mixed, as we've said, because Hannah's yeah. still in Canada, but still to see her get into Canada, which I never thought would happen right now, was kind of a relief. Like, oh, God, this is a relief, you know, for me right. anyway. I felt like when with her getting to Canada, OK, we're going to see some different things than what we've seen. Yeah, because June's not going to be in Gilead. She's not going to be restricted or constricted to that life or even the life of the rebels. She's going to mm. be in what is a normal world. Kind Unless of. next week Canada decides they want to adapt the ways <laughs> of Killian. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> and I thought that was part of the emotional roller coaster was that June has been in fight or flight since the beginning of season three, really. Like it's mm -hmm. been nonstop and she's just been moving forward, action, action, action. She hasn't really had a lot of chance to you know, come up with a, a, a thought out plan or. Or even take a I, breath. Yeah. yeah. Or, or yeah. think about, you know, although I'm sure it's in the back of her mind all the time. I think part of that is because she just wants to keep going forward and not face the fact that she doesn't know where Hannah is. She can't help her. She's very powerless to do any of that. Mm -hmm. And so it would I, I do think we it will be a different tone with without her being in that fight or flight mode mm -hmm. yeah i'm kind of i'm looking forward to it because i feel like the story has driven us to this point and i think had she gone back to gilead i would have felt oh again they tease us with this option for her to get away and then no they're dragging yeah, her back in I so i like that they're taking us yes if they, if she would have went this. back to canada i we'd be like okay <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. yeah 
I'm, I'm I mean, really not can't, I'm not yeah. saying can't. I, I said that wrong. I think you guys got what I meant. If yeah. she went back to Gilead, then yeah, like, uh, all right, again? yeah, okay, I'm sure not again, but this is like, whoa, what's gonna happen now? Yeah, I, I know. I thought, I thought they were gonna have to leave her there. I didn't, I didn't think I, I've stopped trying to predict this show because I'm always wrong. <laughs> I didn't think she would, go <laughs> I, I didn't think, yeah, I thought especially when they said like it's a 24 hour ceasefire i'm like well that's just enough time to have one episode <laughs> and then it'll yeah. be she that they have to leave her back in canada i mean back in, in gilead. gilead yeah that's yeah what I, that's what i thought yeah and, and hook up with the nighthawks yep that was a yep. red herring <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah well we don't know maybe that's where janine is yeah yeah maybe they that, swooped that's, in I and bet rescued her yeah that's what i like to think and we're gonna see her in them. season nine like i said I'm just yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, that's a long I, I bet time. You here sooner than that, before the end of the season. I hope so. I hope we get an episode to see kind of what happened to her. Mm-hmm. If it's interesting, I mean, if it's something as simple as someone swooped in and saved her, and now she's with this group, then okay, we don't need a whole episode devoted to that. However, if it's a complicated story, I definitely want to see it because I feel like this season they've given us Janine. We've started to see this fight, real feistiness coming from her. I want to see more of it. I don't want to see that, you know, stopped. I want to see, you know, where where is she? I mean, they made us care even more. So now it's like. Yeah. They better not have killed her off. I, they didn't. But And that actress has really, in my opinion, shown that she can carry a whole episode. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I saw her. I, I'll bring this up just because we're mentioning it. I saw her on. One of their little snippets that they're doing after, where there's like seven or like deep diving into one thing about each episode. Mm. Um, Hulu's doing this. She was on the first one. Her hair is blonde and she looks amazing. Like it's so different than what we see with Janine. So it was kind of cool to get to see that. Jason, did you have anything else? Nope. All right. Well, my number two is the Moira Luke June flashback story that we got because i appreciated it so much because we saw moira was not i mean originally june and moira it's a snowstorm outside they have mimosas going i'm thinking oh my god the middle of the day mimosas are going they're all curled up i'm thinking this could happen anywhere you know in the middle of winter And it looks like June's getting a call from Luke, I'm assuming. And she doesn't answer the phone. And Moira seems happy about this. I feel like Moira wasn't on board with June and the June and Luke relationship. Because, as she mentions a little bit later on the second flashback, She looked at Luke like, you know, he might be all these great things to you, but he did cheat on his wife. You know, she, Moira's trying to protect her friend. She doesn't want her to get hurt. And she, she always kind of acted testy with, with Luke when she was, she, she was downright mean a couple of times to him in some of those flashbacks. And so I think that's one reason why she was surprised that he was there to receive her when she came. Yeah. Canada but I think I would bet anything that now that 
he did that and they've been living together and she's gotten to know him better that she has a whole different perspective on Luke at this point. I would think it would be interesting to find out for sure. But And she says something about that when she's talking to June when they're waiting for Luke to come into the boat. She says something like, you know, that he's he's going to be okay because June is worried that Luke will be disappointed in her and Luke won't accept her fully because she doesn't have Hannah because she didn't save Hannah and Mora is is um taking up for him and uh, you, you can see that change in attitude so much yeah and it makes Mora sense. and Luke are family now yeah, yeah yeah it makes sense and and the thing that she brought up about Luke having cheated on his wife and she I don't know if she knows this or just is kind of making it up but she said that he lost interest in her because she couldn't have a baby I yeah. don't think yeah. that before but the part about having an affair it, it is something to be concerned about you know yeah. if you're gonna get married to someone who you got together with while he was cheating on his wife yeah <laughs> well this is what your yeah. bffs do they're yeah. they're super yeah. protective they, yes. of you right. and and sometimes they're the sounding board to see and say the things that you can't because you're too close to the situation. And mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I chalked up her attitude to being very protective of June. But but very she's she so. could be better about it though. She's yeah. also lashing out a little bit and seems pissy and you know so she's human. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that's her personality. She's yeah. she's up front. You know, just like it was the one scene with Rita, and she was like, "Or just let her fucking rot." You know, that's I mean, <laughs> I think probably more helpful would be like, are you sure you can trust him because he cheated on his wife? Not well, you know what? <laughs> but still, it's I guess it's the same impact. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I really I liked seeing it was kind of the different stages. Because while she while June's having this conversation with Moira about Luke cheating on his wife. It ends with Moira saying, well, I own that. There was a picture. That's my picture. (laughs) And then we find out later, oops, June stole the cocktail picture and brought it with her anyway. I love that. (laughs) And I'm like, yep, that's June. I'm not surprised at all. What I did enjoy, though, too, is Luke and June having the conversation on the steps outside the house the apartment that that she was moving in with him and they talk a little bit about you know june's concern because moira has brought up some things to her that maybe june hadn't had on the front burner and now she's starting to think about well what if you're not happy what if you're disappointed with me with me you know what if i disappoint you and what if i can't have a baby and i know you want kids and she basically you know, says these things to him. And he says, yes, he wants kids, but he wants her. And he wants to be with her. And they'll deal with things as they come. And June's line to him after, I think, represents a lot about this series, especially this season. And she says, everyone has a line, something that's unforgivable. What if I'm not who you think I am? And I thought, yeah, because the June you're getting in Canada is not the June. Yeah. She's not. She's not right. that person. So that is an open question at this point. 
because he it is he hugged her but we didn't really get a lot of his response and also they don't they haven't had a chance to hang out yet and rediscover each other yeah he doesn't know what she's done he knows some of what she's done how she's changed exactly and she's really changed but he does respond to her and says then i'll love you then i'll just love who you turn out to be um and i'm thinking to myself i don't know if the June that you love and now the June that she's turned out to be are even in the, on the same planet. <laughs> this is going to be an interesting thing. But I thought that line, I'm, I'm kind of going to hold on to that line going forward as June and Lou kind of navigate this, you know, reconnection. Because I don't know, maybe she has, I don't know that she's crossed a line that he has, but I don't know. Yeah, that she hasn't. I think it's It's a question. It's a definite question. I think that's why the episode's called vows, because for better or for worse, those are the vows that Luke and June took with Mm -hmm. each other. And also, I mean, I think vows is about stating an intention to do something, Mm -hmm. and it sort of reflects on June's intention to get Hannah out of there and it's not going exactly the way she'd want, not even close. And yeah, neither are Luke's vows to his first wife. So it's like <laughs> those kind of yes. reflect on each other. But yeah. like him saying, then I'll just love whoever you turn out to be looked like the thing that June wanted and needed to hear. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, what would be the totally honest answer to that? And does that even matter? I mean, maybe you don't want to say the totally honest answer. Maybe you just yeah. want to help the person feel better. But the truth is that couples often grow apart. And, mm-hmm. and change and grow in different directions. Yeah. And if you do, then maybe in some cases, absolutely in some cases, it's okay to just recognize that and go your separate ways, as sad as it is. Yeah. And so, but for Luke to give a speech like that, would be probably dumb in that moment. That might be something I would say, but I should have learned by now not to say stuff like that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but uh, I mean, so, so yeah, that just seems like a little bit disingenuous, although it's nice. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, you can't promise, you know, no matter what you do, I will love you. If you become a serial killer, I'm going to love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Goodness. So I'm, I, I want them to, I don't want them to fall out of love because they've changed too much. I love them as a couple. And Me I too. hope that, you know, of course there will probably be challenges because this is a drama, but I hope they don't realize that they're not a couple anymore. And then she decides to go back to Nick or something like that. You know, I like Luke and um, June together. I want to see how they can work their way back to each other. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like they've got this foundation that they haven't, tapped into in quite a while but i feel like if they want to get back together and they want to do it then they will it's just gonna i mean june's gonna have to figure out what she wants because she's just not the same person Mm -hmm. that she was and she has a lot of things that she's holding inside of her what she's been through a baby with another man hannah left behind that that's a lot yeah and did she told nick she loved him when she last saw him right she did mm-hmm. yes yeah, so it's complicated yeah. yes it's not gonna be easy 
by any means. One other piece that goes along with that is when June was waiting for Luke to come on board the ship, she like brushes her hair and looks in the mirror. And that's something we really haven't seen her do. Um, yeah. And and as soon as she sees Luke, she immediately starts apologizing to him about not having gotten Hannah out of Gilead. She has her worth in her marriage all tied up with her ability to give Luke a child. You know, and I I think she probably yeah. always had that feeling because she had that feeling before they got married and then she was able to give him a child. And then mm -hmm. they had this, you know, amazing experience as parents of a young child and you know and so i think her coming without hannah is like if it's just me will you accept it it just mm -hmm. with me and and so i think that was what she was saying too i i found that yeah and on first watch i was a little bit like wow, I don't like this idea that June is so wrapped up on whether or not Luke is going to be disappointed with her, given everything that she's done and been through and all the power and strength and ingenuity and, you know, just everything that she's done, that she's worried about him being disappointed in her. But I think you're right that, as we saw in the flashback, that was the point of it, that her idea of her worth to him is wrapped up on whether she thinks she'll be able to give him a child. But I also think it's a little, it's more complicated than that because she also just said, I'm, I'm Hannah's mother and it's my job to protect her. And, and I failed in that. So I also think that she's just really hard on herself, Yes, you know, mm -hmm. that she feels like she failed. And so it's not all about what Luke thinks of her, but yes, it's also I, a lot about what she thinks about herself. Yeah. I mean, she's a and mother she's too I, hard on herself. Yeah. She tried I, I can't imagine. Could. Yeah. If my child was missing or something, I'm sure like people cope and they go on with their lives, but I'm sure that's in every minute of your life. Like that's yeah. that, that elephant, you know, sitting mm -hmm. above your head that you can't get rid of. Yeah. I yeah. feel like too, June has had to keep Luke out of her head most of the time. Like she hasn't been able to really think about him and what he would think of what she's doing because survival has been the number one focus and she couldn't be thinking about what he was mm -hmm. going to say or think of anything she and then all of a sudden like out of nowhere oh by the way here's luke here's luke <laughs> she didn't even know if she was ever going to see him again she hoped yeah. that she would she sent him that tape to listen to you know explaining things but i don't know if she ever really thought she would see him again yeah. I mean, she didn't go to Chicago thinking, oh, I can get to Maybe Chicago and go Luke. to Canada. Yeah. He's not her first priority. Hannah is. No. Hannah Maybe is. he's second or third. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. <laughs> you know, one time, um, this is a little personal, but hopefully it's okay. I, I had a therapist and it was a guy who um, didn't have any kids himself. And he told me you know you can't make your kids your first priority it has to be your relationship with your the person that you're with uh and i i'm like no you know usually i'm open to rethinking things when a if a therapist like that would tell you but I'm like you're just saying that because you haven't ever had kids and I i've don't. heard a lot of people <laughs> say that and i have to tell you i i don't i mean hopefully 
you and your partner together have your children as your first priority together. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and I'm sure and maybe that some people not... would have their partner as their first priority. Fine. But for me, that was my reaction. Like, no. Nope. Yeah, <laughs> me too. I, I, I totally understand that. And I, I have heard that, you know, and I think it, things get confusing. Like, yes, you have to make your relationship a priority. You have to spend time with yeah. that relationship. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when people have children, that's what, happens Suffers. yeah yeah you, you, and so yeah. i totally understand that but to mm-hmm. say you know your 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 children your your partner isn't a child they don't need the same things yeah they're not yeah. as dependent on you yeah no i don't i i have heard that too yeah um i think there's only one other thing i mean they show us that when she's pregnant, she's kind of pacing outside the house and she tells Luke and he's overjoyed. She's overjoyed and it's so wonderful. Then we see these flashbacks of their time as a family with Hannah and it just, you know, it touched me because I I think we get so wrapped up in the show in all of the other things going on and all of the craziness that happens that seeing them as a family we didn't get a lot of that early on in the show even in the flashbacks we got a little bit of her taking Hannah to the doctor and the doctor being you know saying well why don't you stay home with your daughter etc but I feel like I feel like we have not seen enough of those little moments like walking in the water and just to me it was just a nice added touch that we find out she's pregnant in the flashback and then we get these scenes thought they were beautifully shot it was just really lovely and that is all i have for my number two nice so wendy all right um i know we're gonna overlap a lot in this episode um for me my number two is my emotional response this episode, I think, caused more of an emotional response from me than any other episode. I think it was the perfect combinations of highs and lows that just got me in the feels. <laughs> Mora's heartbreaking emotional journey in this episode, I felt like I was totally along with her for that ride, and it really left me <laughs> exhausted emotionally. The people that were left behind by Sarah... In Gilead, like, they were so desperate and distraught, and that just was horrible to see them all being left behind, and even Una saying, don't leave any supplies behind because they'll kill each other for mm-hmm. it, was just... I don't buy that. I don't either, and I didn't they, like they do that. supply <laughs> drops into places like that that are too dangerous to go into. They just drop things from planes. Yeah, it's yeah. better to risk them hurting each other than to just take it all away. I exactly, that- and yeah, little and I, I, I'm sure that organization has done good things, but in this episode, I was like, what did they do? They didn't do anything. Like they brought some. Um, bleeding very injured people in a truck but then they left them mm-hmm. and it was it was so distressing to yeah. see all of that i think we're and supposed to be like those are the hard decisions you have to make sometimes yeah. but i was like just leave the supplies there yes <laughs> and then I'm, I'm i know i'm repeating a little bit of what you said daphne but the montage of june telling luke that she was pregnant and then the beautiful montage it was very brief but 
of Hannah's short childhood with Luke and June. It was just so magical with the use of light and water. Mm -hmm. Um, Being a parent is really special because you share that magic of childhood in such an intimate way in this and and they really just captured that so beautifully. It was really brief, but left me crying. Again, I am not a crier, but this show's got me. <laughs> and it really gets you. It yeah, does. Yeah. Um, it really struck me um, and struck me how much has been stolen from Luke and June and Hannah. Just mm-hmm. because it's like Hannah's frozen in time at that age when she looked like she was about three or four And Mm -hmm. we know she, you know, five years or so has passed since then, but all those years are just stolen. That's not the childhood that Hannah was supposed to have. And that's just heartbreaking to me. I I felt like she was frozen in time for them. Um, I just really had a strong emotional reaction to that scene, seeing the three of them together in peace. It represents a lot more than just... To me, seeing it represents more than June and Luke and Hannah. It represents all of the families that were destroyed by Gilead. How many families? Yeah. This is just one that we know this of. This is one yeah. family that we get to see. And you, it just, between this and the letters from Jezebel's, I feel like we're, we haven't really seen enough to yeah. know how. We can imagine it was terrible, but... With this, you just multiply it by however many hundreds of thousands or millions of families that were affected by Gilead. It's so sad. And finally, Luke's joy at getting June back and June's heartbreak at facing the reality of leaving Hannah behind. I think I was more, I was like tearing up, writing up my notes. (laughs) The show is so hard to watch, but... I think that's what makes it incredibly rewarding also. I know, Jason, you've talked about before how this show and other shows, when a television show can elicit this type of response from you, it's 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 kind of rare and wonderful. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why, you know, when people hear about the subject matter of, their sh- of this show and they haven't seen it, they're like, oh my gosh, why would yeah. I sign up for that? Right, right. But this is yeah. why, because it's able to take us to those places. And uh, I think it's so worthwhile. Yeah. I have to agree. Yeah. I mean, it's um, podcasting takes a lot, you know, it takes a lot of effort and time. And so I try to pick the shows that I really feel like I'm going to, um, want to spend that much time and effort and be invested in and also fear the walking dead so yeah this is one of the shows i picked (laughs) oh goodness all right jason what's your number two two is the difficulty of leaving gilead in in a practical and an emotional way and i'll start with practical so um the aid workers decide to turn june in I thought, well, they should probably radio ahead to the Gilead inspector just so there's not any blow up when they find Mm -hmm. out when they get aboard. But that would have really fucked up the story of this episode. So that's Mm -hmm. probably why they didn't (laughs) decide to do that. Yeah. Also, I was, I I guess some of these are kind of nitpicks, but maybe interesting discussion. I was kind of thinking these inspectors, they should have all been shown a picture of, of June's face, but 
then again, maybe the war and everything around Gilead is much bigger than what we're seeing with June. We think June's the most important position. Oh, then again, on the other hand, seems like the people surrounding June tend to be like the movers and shakers in Gilead. So I really do feel like at this point that the Gilead uh, board should take a picture of June and show it to anyone who's important, especially since they seem to have known June was in Chicago, although maybe only Lawrence and Nick knew that. Or, Will they send it by the Pony Express? They don't they 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 don't use computers. I don't know that, they must no. have ways of communicating. I, they they I, do use computers. They do? They're just yeah. they're just out of sight. Everything okay. is in Gilead, everything is appearances, but the p- appearances aren't real. How do you know that? From the novel. Okay. Yeah. They talked about computers. I don't. Yes, they called part. it something different, but it was a computer. Cool. Um, they asked <laughs> more. Just a few random notes on. They asked Moira where she's from, and she said Toronto, born and bred. I think she said Toronto the way the natives say it, which is Toronto, Toronto, like that. Right. No, no extra T in there. Yeah. So yeah. I think that's practiced and rehearsed. You know, mm-hmm. I like that little touch. But I also thought maybe Moira should have a fake name to give them. I don't yes. know if it would matter, but, and then um, the whole thing with June, we already kind of talked all, all about what happened with her. I also thought, what is, what are these inspectors doing? Why are they taking, asking people's names and where they're from? And that's it. Does that really going to do any good? Like that doesn't seem like a very deep inspection. And I thought maybe they have a register that they're checking off because they know everybody who's on board, but then who's Rachel Smith that uh, June used her name. Did they like kill Rachel and dump her over so June could know? <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. It's just little nitpicks. Um, and then, yeah, I guess the whole the emotional difficulty we've already talked about with Moira. In fact, I think, you know, Moira may have thought out some of this stuff, but I don't think she really thought out the part about how her girlfriend Una has had to leave people behind. That seemed to be a little bit like of a of a reality check with her. Oh my God, yes. You but I, I could be wrong. Maybe she did think that out and didn't care but it seemed for me i mean if we're going on the ride with moira we're like yes save june and then when una says that it's like oh yeah that's an interesting point you know (laughs) yeah it's it's heartbreaking because yeah it's heartbreaking nobody's a hundred percent right you know like every every choice you make has serious ramifications for others it's not simple yeah no agreed clean and easy to take care of the mm-hmm. stuff uh what else most of the difficulty for june is that hannah's still there so she's just struggling with that and i think you're right that moira to a certain extent manipulated her but i think a lot of the things that moira was saying was actually true and june still is just kind of more wrestling with herself about having decided to make this choice to leave mm-hmm. and that's why the that last step was a step of i'm safe but it's also like um, I'm really deciding to leave yeah. now. Um, but I, it was still, it was such an interesting, I mean, it's fraught. It's an emotionally fraught episode. And part of it is feeling good. Like when Moira says, you made it, we're going to Canada. It feels so good to hear that. I, I'm kind of, I guess I'm kind of repeating um, what we've said too, but there's just, it's, it's fraught. There's good things about it and there's tragic things about it. But now she's in Canada and I'm excited to see what happens next. And I really hope and bet that she's going to go see Serena and Fred. And I can't wait to see how that plays out. <laughs> Me too. I'm hoping that we get that. 
Yeah, we haven't seen them in a couple episodes. Mm -hmm. And this will be a different, a little bit of a different dynamic here. The status has changed. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that we see that sooner rather than later. Yeah, right away. I hope. I'm also really looking forward to her getting reunited with like Emily and Rita, because I feel like she has. Of course, she hasn't seen them since they got out. The last time she saw Emily, Emily had her baby. Like she handed Nicole over. And Rita was when she was escorting all the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want to see that. Like, I'm, I'm really invested. I want to see these little mm-hmm. things. I want us to get that little bit of happiness. How much would someone have to pay you to never watch another episode? Oh, quite a bit. I think uh, millions. <laughs> millions. <laughs> I'd probably do it for 20K. Anybody mm. out there? Here <laughs> go no. fund me. <laughs> yeah. Twenty thousand. I'll never watch another episode. Yeah, no. I uh. think actually doing that and then sneak watching it, but not having anyone to talk to might be worse. Might be yeah. worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so my number one is Moira and June, their dynamic and the pressure that june was put under by moira what i really liked though one of the things that i liked is at at one point like june june basically says moira got out and again to me that was say june doesn't even realize i mean it's not the same world for june as the world where moira got you know moira got out so that's like the part of the story that's over yeah like when when june finally does recognize moira She's yeah. like, Moira, hi. And hi. then she's like, what are you doing? No, 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 no. You shouldn't be here. It's not safe. Like, oh, yeah. it's not safe. Oh, sorry. I'll yeah. But it's like in her mind, Moira's somewhere safe and June's in the dangerous area. Yeah. Yeah. There was twice in this episode where June kind of came to her senses because of fear for Moira. Like that was yeah. one when she was mm-hmm. like, well, what does that mean that you're here? That can't be a good thing. And then when Moira says she's going to get in the boat, June's like, what are you fucking crazy? You can't yeah. get on the boat. And then and she, I, you're I, like, you were just going to go there, bitch. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think it was, it. it's still, even with everything she's been through, she cares about Moira. Oh, yeah. Moira represents, you know, a lot for June. She's the past. She's before Luke. She's before Hannah. You know, they're BFFs. She got away. She watched her get on that train and she it thought she got away and then she ended up working at Jezebel's and then she got away again. Like she really got away. It's like uh, I can imagine June being like, I can check that one off the list. Mm-hmm. Moira got away. She's taken care of. And so yep. then she, to see Moira in the middle of this is like, oh, no, 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 oh, no, no. I thought I had you taken care of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's definitely one of those, you know, she must be thinking this is some weird, surreal experience. <laughs> She's, li- yeah, I had to look up shell shock because that was the term for yeah. people in war, I think in World War One or two, where just being in bombing situations like that, they would panic and go out of their mind like June was. And she was concussed. Yeah. 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 Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, Moira is right. June was not in good shape. And concussions are not something to, like, mess around with Yeah. in any case. Uh, and we don't know how bad it was. I'm hoping that it was, that that's not going to be an issue going forward. 
I hope not. I, I, I yeah, I definitely just want June to catch a break for once because <laughs> God knows she hasn't caught many of them. I if think any, come to the wrong place. <laughs> I know that's true. I just want to have. I want to be hopeful. I want to hope for the best for her because she deserves it. But I really, you know, Moira. I mean, we've seen June this entire time have to be the one in control, have to be the one with the upper hand, always. Then we started seeing Janine kind of filling the role where she was kind of helping June, and June had to realize that Janine was kind of on that wavelength with her. And now Moira has had to take the leadership role because June can't. June cognitively is not there. And then she starts to realize, oh, Moira is here. Oh, no, this is dangerous. And so she... For me, she started to come out from under it a bit. But then when they're getting, when she's discovered, when Moira has to admit that she's there, and they have this huge discussion amongst the team members and with Una, determining, well, should she stay or should she go? And they're going all the way around about it. Moira's accepting responsibility. And June just basically sits there and says, you know, you should turn me in. My life isn't as important as everyone as anyone else. And I, th they all looked at her like, "Are you? Are you they for real?" They weren't expecting that. They were not expecting that. You know. And honestly, I was thinking, "Well, why the hell not?" Because June is she doesn't do anything by any book. She does it by her what she you know comes up with on her own. So, of course, she would probably do that. And they were ready. They were willing. To give her up, even though she is a hero. I mean, she is a hero to them because of Angel Flight. And Moira, even then, was just like, you know, don't listen to her. Don't listen to her. She had to be so stern with June. She she had to try to steer the situation for her because June wasn't really able to do it herself. So I think. Their dynamic is going to be different than it was when they were friends from before. I think it's something else along with the June-Luke dynamic that is going to be different. And I'm interested in seeing where it goes. Because I can see June potentially being angry with Moira and being resentful further down the road once she's able to fully start to accept where she is. And what her life is like now and being outside of Gilead. I just, I do wonder if, if she's going to be resentful. Yeah. She already was at times during this episode, but yeah, it could just grow and grow. Yeah. So yeah, so that is my number one. I feel like we've touched on so much of it already. So Wendy, what is your number one? We've, we've talked a lot about, uh, some of my number one, but I thought the Sarah group was really interesting. I really started to get interested in Una's character. We had seen her several times, but hadn't really seen a lot from her. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, Did Marvel kind of get fired because she was saying she lost her relationship? I was going to say, you know, even though Moira endangered people by having June aboard, it ended up going fine because June passed the inspection and made it. But then she lost her relationship. Una's clearly not going to be her girlfriend anymore. But also she said, can we, we can still talk at the office. And she said, there's not going to be any office anymore. Did that just mean Moira's fired or something? 
I thought it meant that the office was going to shut down. Like, I, why would that be? be closed. Well, because they've broken the rules of the ceasefire. Oh, so she's just anticipating that they're going to find out that June is alive. Right. And, their whole yeah. mission is that they're oh. an NGO. They're a non-governmental organization. So yeah. they're supposed to be neutral. Got it. And, and they can't people, hide that they did that, right? Right. Well, I mean, they, they could, but it doesn't seem like that's what will happen. That's not yeah, what no. Una's, Una's just sort of expecting that because they did this, it's going to put them out of business. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. That's a big it's deal. It's going to shut them down. So that is going to cause a lot of pain and suffering. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was interesting i really loved the sense of tension that you felt as you were watching the three gilead boats approach the sarah boat there was something different about the scene the music the tension i was on the edge of my seat i thought they did that really well we we really it's such a great show when you really have no idea what's gonna happen next. Yeah. <laughs> i mean so often um you know you watch shows and you can pretty easily predict what's going to happen and this show is not one of them i'm even i'm gonna stop trying to predict yeah just go with it wendy go with yeah. it yeah and so they know that uh they have this argument as you said daphne they know that turning june in could lead to her immediate execution but mm -hmm. turning bringing her to canada could also lead to the organization's dissolvement because they've basically broken the covenants of their organization mm -hmm. however i thought it was really interesting and ironic that although most of the members of the sierra group believed that they should turn june in and some of them disagreed but most of them were going that way when the moment came and the gilead boats were speeding towards them una very quickly changed her mind and got someone to print her an id clean her up and get her into a vest and this really led me to believe that this is not the first time that they have smuggled someone into Canada. I mean, why um, would yeah. you? Yeah, why would you have the ability to do all that? And so I thought, well, like, why did Una change her mind there? And I sort of thought it was because she saw that June was perfectly willing to sacrifice mm -hmm. herself for the mm -hmm. greater good. And she was in a really tight spot because... Either she was going to turn June over, which she could get a lot of flack about. I mean, you know, if if June then gets hung, you're the person who's responsible for that. And June's mm -hmm. a name now. Yeah. When she said to Mura, you're the one who put me in the position of deciding whether or not to kill someone. So she just presumed that June would die. And I thought at least part of the reason why she did that is because her whole mission is to help people. And just in that moment, she couldn't bring herself to sign June's execution warrant basically yes i mean and june was willing to tell them that she got on the boat on her own on and her didn't own, have yeah. any help yeah to, she said yeah to right. keep them from having any responsibility from mm -hmm. for what happened but in one way una is making those decisions every time she goes to gilead what's going to happen to all those people that she left behind exactly. some of them are probably going to die too so she's been doing that every time. And I, I'm yeah. not criticizing her because ob it's obvious that she's trying to help people. And it's painful to her to make those hard decisions. Yeah. And, and she is doing it for the greater good. But 
wow, what a what a terrible thing to say, well, I have to let those five people go so I can maybe save 50 people in the future. Yeah. That's pretty hard. It is. That, but that's hard. <laughs> Moira also ple- pleaded with Una a little bit before the boats got there. Because she, it looked like, they, yeah, it looked like they were going to do what the plan was. And Moira just looks at Una and says, please. And then Una looks at June and it was kind of like she makes that decision. And I think I like to think that it did have to do with how brave June appeared. Like to be, okay, I'm, I know I'm probably going to die, but, you know. Yeah, and, and maybe that's what they need, you know? And I yeah. think she was thinking a little bit about, like, this person is too important to lose this way. Yeah. And and just another point in the same vein. At one point, Moira goes up to Una and says, so I know the rules say that we can't bring anybody back. And to me, this made sense. Moira didn't get where she is by playing by the rules. If if no. she did, she would still be back in, in Gilead getting yep. raped once a month as part mm-hmm. of the, you know, Gilead breeding program. Yes. So that that made a little that seemed like Mora. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 All right, Jason, what's your number 1? It's about June and Luke, but we've covered most of it. One thing, you know, we've talked about how much tension there is in this episode. Another moment with a different kind of tension is when June starts asking Luke about his wedding to his first wife and the vows. Which is all, you know, like, so for better, for worse, and sickness is health, that kind of thing. And he's like, what's going on here, babe? Like, (laughs) I I think that was a good choice on his part. Like, let's not gloss over this. There's something going on let's get to the heart of it and take care of it (laughs) but in that moment i felt i like and i that's why i i love this show and the writing because on a lesser show they would she would have just been very straightforward i feel like you're you know you just love me you, you might not love me because i can't have a kid and blah 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 you know and they eventually did get to that but it had to be with luke's prompting because he sensed something you know and that feels so much more real to me and and as a guy like oh god what's going on here i i think she's mad at me let me figure this out <laughs> <laughs> yeah let's let's get to the bottom of this now before it blows up cuz it, yeah. it definitely can blow up pretty big yeah 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 i guess it wasn't too hard to figure out but it still it just feels more human when people go about come to things obliquely or you know not so directly like that yeah so but i you know like i said we already covered everything else I had to say about June and Luke. Right. Does anyone have any other notes that we didn't talk about? I have some notes. I thought that I could completely understand June's anguish at stepping on Canadian soil and being a whole country away from Hannah. In in so many ways, she's right. If if she doesn't go back, Hannah will likely be given to a middle-aged commander at age 13 for wet right. for marriage and could possibly end up with a fate just like Mrs. Keys. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's false to I and I had forgotten about that and I thought, you know, maybe she is safer just 
to be with the family. Hopefully she's with a family right now and just let her, you know, versus having to face um, her mother or face June. It, it clearly is a traumatic experience for Hannah when she sees June these days. But what you just said is the most important thing of what she's going to have to face when she gets older. Yeah. And not too much older. Eden, no. Mrs. Yeah. Keys, what we've seen of what they do with women in this. It's, it's, yeah. She's not safe. Nope. Mm -mm. Definitely not. One other thing I had was that in the apartment where um, June and Mara were, were living, having mimosas on a snow day. There are books everywhere on the bookshelves. There are books open lying on tables, um, you know, mid read and both Mora and June are reading the newspaper. I just thought that was really interesting because, you know, women aren't allowed to read mm -hmm. in Gilead. It's a sin. I mean, she worked at a, as an editor, right? Yeah. At, at yeah. A publishing company. So I, I, I really liked that attention to detail that they mm -hmm. always seem to give. Um, I loved the artistry of the beginning scene. When it first opens up, you think it's a scene from the last episode, Chicago, where Mara has found June all smoky with ash falling, but it's actually the flashback scene mm -hmm. with June looking out the window with snow falling outside. In both scenes, we hear Mara call out, June, June. Um, it just shows how much love and care they give to every little detail in this show. And planning out every second of film. I, I love that. Yep. Definitely. Um, I had a bunch of notes, but we covered them all except for one. When Una left the boat without acknowledging Moira at the end, Samira Wiley, the actress who plays Moira, got the same look on her face that she'd get as Poussey on Orange is the New Black when things wouldn't go her way. Just like, <laughs> crap. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny. I had trouble separating the two characters at first but now she's totally no. Mara to me yeah. yeah yeah totally um and one last note i had it's a little bit about feedback we had a lot of listeners say on the um house podcastica page on the podcastica page that they thought that um the last episode chicago showed janine being helped away after the bombing. And I actually looked that up and there was a lot of buzz on the internet about that also. So I went back um, and just to, we, we received two feedback. One was from Monica McGuire who said, okay, Janine is alive. They showed her being led away when June was calling her name. Why do a lot of people think that she's dead? I'm confused. And JC Harris said, just finally got around to watching this. If Janine is dead, I'm going to be pissed. Was that her being helped at the end? Please say yes. I went back and looked at the scene on slow-mo several times. It does indeed look like Janine. It's at the very end, you see just a short snippet of a man leading a woman away. It's like a woman that has the same shape as Janine, and she seems to have the same kind of ski hat on. However, Janine was wearing dark gray or black coat. And the woman in that scene appear, appears to be wearing a white coat and pink pants. So I don't think that's Janine. But of course, I could be wrong. I doubt it because I think if they wanted us to have an idea of whether Janine was alive or not, it wouldn't be so hard to tell for sure. Yeah. You know? yeah. Maybe it would. Yeah. But I think, well, the fact that it isn't easy to tell, I, I don't even think that was their intention. But if it was and it was kind of hard to tell, 
I think their intention is for us to not be sure where Janine is or whether yeah, she's alive. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. But but it did appear that she was wearing completely different clothes. So, yeah, so I, yeah. I, I, I still think know. it's a big question mark. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Yeah. And that's my last note. <laughs> I'm glad you addressed that because I yeah. didn't know what this to say about it. Yeah. All right. We'll take a break. There's more to come. Stay with us. Yeah, I know where I'm from and I told you before. Well, we have a little bit of news to share. We get back into this. Samira Wiley, who plays Moira, revealed on Instagram last week that she and her wife, Lauren Morelli, welcomed a baby girl about a month ago. Yay! They named her George Elizabeth. And so I always like when actors and actresses are able to reveal this information on their own through their own social media or other, you know, other venues, because really it's their news to tell. So when they share it in this way, it just comes across as being, I think, a lot more personal and special to come from them that way. Cool. And I also, the LA Times released an article, I think it was today, we celebrated that Elizabeth Moss directed episode three, The Crossing. And in this article, she talks a little bit about what it was like to direct the episode, and they revealed that she's going to also be directing episodes eight and nine. And I don't know if it's a spoiler if I tell you what the names of the episodes are, so I'm not going to. Okay. That's what. Right. <laughs> wow. Not being spoiled. Looking forward to that. All right. Well, because with this show, there's always some hidden meaning with every single yeah. episode title. So I feel like I have to hold that back. But if you yeah. guys are that interested. They want to. They can look it up. Yeah. You can look it up. One um, of them and- is going to be coffee. They're, they go into a vat of coffee. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather have that than milk. Oh, goodness. I don't really like coffee. Coffee's hot and milk's cold. I'm not. Yeah, no. (laughs) Water is better, I guess, if I was going to be in something. Yeah, (laughs) I'll take that. (laughs) Um, Ann Dowd had a really good comment about uh, working with Elizabeth Moss. She said, Lizzie was always prepared, always ready, always thinking, always feeling, respectful, kind. It's exceptional. That's exceptional. Um, and Moss stated that she learned how to create this protective atmosphere from working with Jane Campion, who's a director from New Zealand that she worked with on the series Top of the Lake. She's done two of those, um, seasons. She also took advice from actor-director Ben Stiller, who told her not to forget about herself when she was directing. So I thought it was really cool to get that perspective what do you think that means not forget about your perspective or make sure you um drink lots of water during the day you know (laughs) um i think it might be her perspective like as the lead as the act lead actress bring your own experience to it kind of thing yeah Yeah, because she's really connected with the character of june obviously yeah totally so to be able to tell the story to not only be telling the story in front of the camera but also be responsible behind the camera. It has to be a really 
big ask. It must so. be, man. It yeah. must be exhausting. Yeah. Because I know, like, on Doctor Who, the actors only last a few seasons because it's so grueling. Because mm-hmm. I think because they're the star and they are on in all the scenes. And that's how it is for Elizabeth Moth- Moss. I- I can't imagine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she directed The Crossing and she was, not only was she in the scenes, she was, it was brutal. Right. Like a lot of the stuff that happened in that episode was extremely brutal. And so I can't imagine what it was like for her to be doing that, but maybe she liked it. I mean, I, you'd think if she's doing three, yeah. Yeah, she's really involved with. Yeah, I think I read that she's she's more um, invested in this role than any other role she's been in, or something like that. I believe that. Yeah, you can see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think she's really she's trying to do the story justice in any way that she can. So I and I appreciate that. Yeah. So that was our news. So now we're moving into. Our listener feedback, and we have quite a bit here. It's pretty exciting to to hear from everyone. I love getting feedback and hearing what people have to say. So um, I can take this first one uh, from Penny Lennox. And she says, I woke up early to watch before work again. This is a great choice. Otherwise, all day I'm distracted knowing an episode (laughs) is out and I want to know what happens. This show constantly surprises me. I did not see any of that coming. I'll send in feedback after I do a rewatch. Yep, we feel the same. Yeah. <laughs> Except we're forced to wait. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Catcraft <laughs> says, I'm enjoying the departure from Gilead and seeing June out of her element. A little insight to her life just before or as Gilead was forming was intriguing, though not exactly what I would have expected. Yep. Cindy Gamble from Columbus, Ohio says, Hey guys, I'm loving this season so far and I'm so glad you guys are talking about it. The only negative thing I can say about the show is you have to wait each week for the episode to drop. I hope that Janine isn't dead. I'm afraid that she might be because we got her backstory and she and June had that goodbye before she caught up with her and the explosion. Yeah. If this was a walking dead, I would definitely think Mm -hmm. she was dead. (laughs) Yeah. I can't wait to see how things unfold now that June is in Canada. I wonder if there will be like an international incident when Gilead finds out she's there. I know. I'm concerned about her relationship with Luke. I can't wait until she visits Serena and Fred because you know that she will. I just (laughs) can't wait. Why, Why do we have to wait a week? What will I ever do? I'm on the edge of my seat right now. Thanks again for the podcast. My husband and I saw Spiral over the weekend and Max Mangello, I think that's his last name, was pretty good in it. That's Nick. Yeah. He has a big part. And Jason, he has more than one facial expression. Woo! So, well, I'm really excellent. <laughs> Me too. I intended to get there to see it and I did not. So I'm glad to hear that it was pretty good. And and then Max Mangello has another facial expression beyond <laughs> what we've seen. Two, yeah. At least two. So far. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Darren Fitzpatrick says, didn't think June would make it to Canada so soon. How much damage to Gilead can she do from there? Really thought she was going to join the resistance and become even more badass like Ripley did in the Aliens films. That would have been too predictable. 
Yes, I'm I'm down for the Canadian June. I'm I'm down for that. Mandy Castillo says, I still can't process this episode the whole time. I did not think June would actually make it to Canada, and I definitely didn't think she'd be reunited with Luke. I'm glad we dove a little more into the complexity of their pre-Gilead marriage, as I never really imagined June would be insecure in their relationship. I can't help but feel uncomfortable for her being around Luke now with all that she's gone through and all she's done, including having a romantic relationship with another man. I can't wait to see her reunite with Nicole, though. That's right. Oh, yeah, definitely. that was one of the her things baby. that, that uh, Moira used, too, to get her back. Come back for your baby daughter, Nicole. That was somewhat persuasive, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Reminding her that she does have another daughter. Yep. Alicia Stout says, I cried the entire episode. Wow. <laughs> Mentally exhausting and gut-wrenching. Another fantastic episode. Elizabeth Moss is such a phenomenal actress. I felt every emotion as if I were June Osborne. Is it next Wednesday yet? I felt that same way. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's not, but. <laughs> it is for us. <laughs> it is for us. Yes. <laughs> Alex Baelish says, sent in, I kind of feel like June when Moira came up to her. Total shock and what the fuck, did that really happen? I was screaming at the TV. <laughs> OMG, OMG. What makes this show so great is that it gives you what you need, but never the way you want it. I was thinking all week, is Moira real or not? I'm so glad she was. The crew was flat out wrong in thinking she is just another person to save. She is the face of the whole cause and can do more good alive in Canada than she could dead on the wall or worse. She is the woman who started their program and they want to leave her. How will that look? Politically, it was the best move and the fact they could not see that is very short-sighted by them. That said, it was a crazy risk to try and smuggle her out, but as always, Moira saves her from herself again. June has been and always will be the perfect, imperfect character. She is selfish, pushy, caring, and wonderful all at the same time. And that's why it was so great that her and Luke were reunited. I thought they were going to wait until next week or so. The last scene reminded me of when the hostages came home from Iran when we were kids. It was beautifully shot and the silence spoke volumes. Next to Moira's face... When she stepped on the plane, this was the most satisfying episode. I would think this also has to be in the top three of emotional episodes of the show, including last season's finale and the Boston Red Sox one. So he's talking about season two, episode one. And I think when he's talking about Moira's face when she stepped on the plane, I think that was last season's finale when she mm -hmm. steps on and sees oh, all the yeah. kids in the Marthas. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Alex was um, texting me live as he was watching this episode this morning, <laughs> and it was quite entertaining to watch his progression of thoughts. OMG. I mean, yeah. I don't. I, I, Alex thinks it's a slam dunk politically to save to have June there, and I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe this will cause a lot of friction and tension, which is maybe maybe is what you need to, you know. Get they made moving one way or another. Yeah, I mean, let's not forget Gilead still has a powerful army right on their mm -hmm. border. Right. And I'm worried about Hannah now. Like, will mm -hmm. they try to yeah. use her as leverage? Mm -hmm. Yep. 
I think, too, that Gilead could start making demands. Well, you either give us, if you don't give her back to us, give us Serena and Fred. Fred. Yeah, right. Like, they may start making demands. Who knows? I mean, whatever's left of the U.S. government, that's kind of who they're going to, they'll also be having to deal with. So it's going to be interesting. Fred. They're like, yeah, no. good riddance. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we, we have one call. One call about this week's episode from Archmaester Rennie. All right. Well, this show really continues to surprise me. After last week's episode, I did not expect that this would be where they were going. Um, there was one thing, one thing June said that really drew my attention, and that was everybody has a line, something unforgivable. From Moira's girlfriend, Moira smuggling June onto the ship was that line that Moira crossed, and now they're done. They're through. And June is, I think, projecting her own inability to forgive herself for not being able to bring Hannah with her onto Luke and fearing that Luke will see that as, as the unforgivable line when it's really June herself who sees it that way. And we know from a previous episode, Luke wanted June to come out and he did not voice an expectation that she would be able to do something super heroic and bring Hannah with her. And I think that's the horror of a regime like Gilead that an ordinary person can't uh, fight a regime like that alone. And, also can't forgive themselves for not being able to. And that's where June is now in Canada. I feel like we should just end the podcast now. That was. (laughs) Yeah. That's such a good point. (laughs) Mara at one point says they're expecting a person, not a superhero. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 And, and I, I was going to say, I hope you're right that it's all projection with Luke, but that is such a great point that Luke just a few episodes ago was, frustrated that june didn't choose to leave when she had the chance no he knew that she didn't have hannah with her so i think you're absolutely right about that it's all it's pretty much all projection thank you rennie (laughs) the following feedback is regarding last week's episode um chicago Lindsay schlicht says mara just coming across june in the middle of a bombing she is a very strong contender for the department of suspension of disbelief But I was so relieved and happy. I don't even care. I have a feeling the joy of this reunion will be short-lived. However, I can't see June going to Canada or Moira staying with her. So now what? I anticipate another heartbreaking goodbye. Well, the consensus on this episode this week seems to be that it was unpredictable. And (laughs) that's what Brittany just said. And no one thought she was going to Canada. I didn't. I didn't think they were going to go there. So the yeah. fact that they did makes me happy because, like I mentioned earlier, I want to see June in this environment. Yeah. We've seen her in all the torture and the bombing and over the and strictness over. over and over. It's time. Yeah. And it's I, when things are unpredictable, it's great if it's done well. Danielle yeah. Dement Jost says, catching up on the podcast, I don't think June will ever give up on saving Hannah, even though she is seemingly, quote, safe right now. She will become a wife within the next five years or so, which is a future June cannot abide for her child. 
Hannah will be uncooperative, which makes it harder, but I don't think Jean will ever stop if she thinks she has a chance of saving her. Yeah. That I read your comment, Danielle, and thought, oh yeah, you're, you're totally right. Mm-hmm. And you did turn out to be right, which was made clear this episode. Yeah. Like June has made it really clear this episode that it's still incredibly important for her to get Hannah out. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Cindy Gamble from Columbus, Ohio sent in, Hey there, I'm really enjoying your coverage of The Handmaid's Tale because no one in my friend circle watches it, and it's nice to have a place I can come to for insight and reflection. Hey, thanks, Cindy. We're glad that you're enjoying our coverage. A question about Nick's character. Nick was married to Eden, but do we know if he has a second wife? I mean, we can assume that he does because he's a commander, right? What do you guys think? Thanks again for the podcast. I don't think he does, but I do think it's odd that he doesn't. Yeah. And I, yeah, I wonder if it's sort of expected that he will soon. Yeah. I, you know, if he does The higher already. up you go, you, you yeah. need to, you know, have a wife and some stolen children. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It's what you do, right? Get with the program. Colleen Pinchot says a couple of things on episode five. When they showed the new group crop of handmaids i guess it was just me but some of those girls looked really young yeah they did that's how they are i was very irritated with june when she was talking to janine about leaving look lady she's trying to make the best of this shitty situation if she wants to stay she needs to do what is right for her back off life was clearly not going to be sunshine and rainbows and some people are just looking to survive I really was ready to lose it at the end when the figure was walking towards June after the bombing. I thought this was going to be Nick. However, it being Moira was, wasn't much better for me. Why not? Oh. I wonder. Hmm. Also a quick note about Nick telling Lawrence he wanted to keep June alive. One of the first three episodes. I thought that was very selfish. So it's fine if she is tortured or continually raped and forced to bear children that will be ripped away from her as long as she'll live. Ugh, not a fan. Well, I can agree with you on that last one for sure. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, it doesn't make much sense. Fran Bernstein says, I am loving this podcast so much. The show is amazing and I love your thoughts. Thank you, Fran. I really thought the episode was going to end with June seeing Luke because that's how the episode began and he is invested in looking for her. Or Nick who wanted to go warn her and or save her, I was jaw to the floor when it was Mara. And also, Ann Dowd has definitely lost weight. I think when Commander Lawrence says to Aunt Lydia, something is different about you, is it your hair? It's a nod to her weight loss. Then showing her on the treadmill, she looks good. <laughs> and ag- and Janine, I don't think she's dead. I hope not. And again, talking about another favorite show of mine, Survivor. Love you guys under Janine's good eye. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. That's yeah, great that's great him. about Ann Dowd. I didn't catch that, but I think you're probably right. And also, yeah. um, tomorrow's my birthday, and a lot of the Zed heads sent me a, a video with them saying happy birthday one at a time. And Fran was on there. So thanks for being a part of that, Fran. It was good to see you. Jess Sadie May McPherson says, Thanks for putting out this podcast every week. I've really enjoyed it so far, as well as others like your Westworld recaps. Helps explain the crazy ride that show is. I'd love to see you do a Lost Rewatch podcast someday, as that was my absolute favorite show. And I don't care what anyone says, I love the end. 
please let me know if that's ever a possibility. Yeah, I want to let you know um, that that is happening. It's not me, but it's Kristen, who, if you've been listening to this podcast a while, you know her. She covered Game of Thrones, did a complete rewatch of the whole series, was amazing. And she's on there with Ben, another Zed head and podcaster. They do, um, what's it called? We have to go we back. We have to go back. Go back yeah. podcast. So if you go to podcastica.com, there's a link to it on there. And it's great. Yeah, their coverage is is great. And I agree. I liked the ending as well. <laughs> um, she continues with, I had a question about your typical viewing process. Do you guys watch the trailers, promos, etc., or pay any attention to the message boards or group pages, which have potential spoilers and theories, or do you ignore all the commercials completely so you can go into the next episode blind? Just wondering, because as someone who does watch the promos, Questions such as, does June get to Canada, have what seems like obvious answers, I won't say what, in the promos. What are your opinions on the trailers and promos? Do you think they spoil the show or make it better knowing what's to come? Thanks again, Jess. For me, it depends on the show. Mm -hmm. If I'm really into a show like this, I try to have enough self-control to avoid that. But in this case, we don't have a choice because we got the first eight episodes early and there were no previews. So we just go and watch the next episode as soon as we're done podcasting on the previous one. But for like fear, which I don't care about as much, I'll watch it just to (laughs) see what's up. Yeah, I try to go in pretty blind. And even like I, I will look up what people think about the episode on the internet and things like that. But I do it after we podcast. So yeah, I feel yeah. like I, it's keeps me fresh. But if yeah. I have a specific thing, like in this, in this episode, I did look up about Janine still being alive because I saw the feedback and I was like, I have to go back and look at that. And then I looked at it and I was like, Oh, that's questionable. Um, so that I did, if I have something specific, I'll, I'll look up things, but I try to stay as fresh as possible. Yeah, yeah, I try not to watch previews. I do for Walking Dead, but I don't for this show. And I try to stay away from things as much as I can because I, I don't want to be influenced by someone else's opinion. That's why I don't yeah. even talk. For any podcast that I'm on, I don't talk about it prior to the podcast because mm-hmm. I want to keep it fresh. Mandy Castillo says, Mara and June reunited. How dare they leave us hanging like that? I loved this episode, but I must say it was as if I was walking through an active war zone. I wouldn't walk in the middle of any street in a yellow hoodie, but that's just me. You do you, June. Lawrence is confusing the hell out of me, but I shouldn't be surprised that he would do what he has to in order to survive. Great episode and can't wait for next week. Leanne Hicks says, hey, I think I know where the scenes in the abandoned building is located. It's in my neighborhood in Toronto. I'll try and get a pick. That's so cool. That would be great, Leanne. Uh, Lisa Moreno says, great episode, you three. I love hearing you all cover it and hearing Jason's reaction to it all. I don't think too many men watch this show. Okay, I know there was a lot that happened and I still don't like Nick. However, I just finished and that ending just made me burst out in tears. I didn't expect that to happen already. Plus, where's Janine? Can't wait for next week's. Mm -hmm. That's what we say every week. We can't wait. 
Okay, we got a couple more calls on previous episodes, and here's one from Renee Murray. Hey, hi guys, this is Renee from Atlanta, and I'm calling about the Handmaid's Tale. I want to go back to episode three, The Crossing, and um, I listened to you guys' podcast, and you were saying that and that the, the states have been um, torturing people like this in the last ten years. I, I, that's the understanding I got. And I wanted to say, no, this was going on back during slavery. This is how the slaves were treated. This is how my ancestors were treated. And this is why this episode was just so hard for me to watch. It was, it was, I just, it, it, it was just heart wrenching. Like that a human being would treat another human being like that. Like you would, I mean, you tortured this lady. You tortured this lady and you thought it was okay. And then you had the nerve to quote the Bible. It's like, seriously, Jason, you used this perfect word when you said they are, they are so self-righteous. It's like, I mean, I, I just, I can't, the hands may tell. Um, to me, it's a good show, but um, a lot of people say it's super boring and it's just awful. And it really is awful. I mean, because again, as, as, as a black woman to watch this and especially that episode, and just all of it, really. Um, Rita was saying that um, she was property, um, like her uh, car. I forgot the name of the car that she had. It's like, what? I mean, and I understand. I mean, I don't understand, but I do understand it's a show. But it, it, it's as a black woman and just as a black person, period. And then as a woman, it's, it's just like, what is wrong with people that human beings, another human being, feel like they can control another human being. God created all of us. And it's like, how do you think it's okay for you to mistreat another human being, for you to feel like you're superior and you're not, and for you to torture them? I mean, to torture them. Like, how do you think that's okay? And for me, it's really hard. I'm trying to hang in there with the hands may tell um, because I've realized that it's a method to the madness, I guess. <laughs> it's going to be a revolution. It's always a revolution. I mean, even during slavery, you know, that's what we did. Um, and Jason, I want to say that you did mention about the lantern, you know, doing the Underground Railroad. That's what we use. That, well, that's what Black people use because I was never a slave. <laughs> but yeah, that's what Black people use, um, you know, to let each other know that it was a safe house, a safe haven. But it's just like, it's just so hard for me. Like, what makes another human being feel like it's okay for you to be superior and for you to torture someone, for you to make them your slave, whether it be a sex slave, a slave that works in the field, whatever. And then for you to say that you're going to breed them, what the hell is wrong with people? And then the last episode, I think Milk, when... um. June, she couldn't give the man a blowjob. Grace, I mean, um, Janine had to do it. It's like, what the hell? Who comes up with this stuff? Again, like I said, I'm trying to hang in with the handmade sales, but this is becoming, it's becoming too much. Um, reminds me of slavery, um, the handmade sale. And, and I, uh, yeah, I'm trying to hang in there, but it's just really too much. I really just want to send this voicemail in. I know it's long. I hope it's going to be able to, you're going to be able to play all of it. But yeah, um, all righty, bye. Yeah, that's great. That's Thank you wonderful. so much for calling in and sharing yeah, that. And uh, it's a disturbing fucking show. And I 
think of it as a, I've said this before, but a cautionary tale, you know, yes. watching this maybe will help people never let something like this happen again. So that's one reason I feel like you're saying Renee, like, why the fuck would I want to watch something so horrible like this? Maybe that. And two, ultimately, like you said, it's turning into a rebellion. So hopefully it'll turn cathartic. It feels like it's headed that way, you know, where we'll get to see the good guys win. But um, I also wouldn't blame you if you just decided not to watch. You don't have to watch it. I think that some shows, yeah, I think some shows at times become a bit too much. And you have to, you know, determine if it is too much for you to continue watching. Usually I'll push through it just because I feel like if I start a show, I need to finish it. But I mean, I felt this way. It's completely different than what you're going through. But with um, Preacher, where in the third season, they decided to make it a regular thing where this is kind of a spoiler, but I'm going to say it anyway, that they would just show them repeatedly slicing off this guy's foreskin that would regrow itself. Oh. over and over and over every episode i'm like i this show i thought was fun it had a great sense of humor it was dark like i like but this is too much for me i can't yeah. take it anymore and i stopped watching and i never finished it because <laughs> i don't want to see that <laughs> i feel like jason you need to pick it up when they stop doing that so that you could enjoy could the rest fin- of it because there it are out. some fun things about that show. maybe they'll never stop doing well that it. was that was at the end i mean it was the third fi- and final season <laughs> yeah. and i had like four or five more episodes to go but i was like i just it's bothering me too much and i like i said i know this is not but it's you know you're it's reminding you of what black people went through and i think that's a totally great comparison i mean mm-hmm. the people in gilead are slaves it's it's meant to be a comparison to that yeah and uh, Renee actually called again, and I thought it was a great call, so I'm going to play that one, too. It's just a minute long, so here we go. All right. Hi, this is Renee from Atlanta calling again about the Handmaid Tale podcast. I um I forgot to mention about um the episode with Milk when Janine was upset with Grace, when she, I mean, when she was upset with June, and she asked June, um, did she turn them in? Um, I wanted... Um, I have a thirty a son that's thirty, and I will give up my life for him and anyone else's life if someone threatens him in any shape, form, or fashion. I don't know a woman, a mother alive that would not do that. I don't know a mother. Like I said, my son is thirty, and I will give up my life gladly, my life and anyone else for my son to protect my child because it's my child. So I don't, uh, Janine, I mean, I understand that she was upset, but she would have did the same thing for her child. I think you're right. Yeah. Totally would have. It's just so hard for people to take on someone else's perspective, especially when Janine's perspective is, hey, you just got my friends killed Mm -hmm. and you put my life in danger. But I think you're absolutely right. If Janine had been in June's place, she probably would have done exactly the same thing. Agreed. (laughs) For sure. And then we have one more call from Alex Baelish. Hey, folks, I just wanted to leave some feedback for the last episode, Chicago, because I didn't get it in. Uh, First off, I think June is back to her old ways of having June face when she was at the hospital sitting vigil. I think that she's 
being very selfish and she's making decisions that aren't practical for the cause. Shooting one or a group of uh, soldiers will only heighten the, the problem. Like Steven said, you know, they're there to survive. What she doesn't understand is that, yes, she has been enslaved and all the awful things that have happened, but she's one aspect of a war. And she's so, she's so focused on fighting Gilead, she doesn't realize that there's other parts of the war, i.e. the survival of the war. And I would never have given her a gun. I don't blame Steven. Regardless if she had to pay her dues, she's just she's crazy right now. That said, you know you talk about Commander Lawrence. He's playing he's playing his his cards close to the vest. He's trying to get his seat on the table. He has a commitment, possibly to his dead wife, to make things right. Um, when he said that to Aunt Lydia, there was a lot of levels to that. Aunt Lydia wants to get her seat at the table you know, doing whatever it is she does to those girls who I do believe she does drink the, the, the juice, the Gilead juice, but you have to remember her backstory. She was, she was in the law and she, she fought against women's rights. Um, so she lost her, her way, but at the core, she was part of the law and she knows how to work it. And I love I love Commander Lawrence's way of playing both sides. You know, you're going to give me something? That's great. You're going to blackmail me? You got to give me something. And I think that that's, that's what Gilead is all about, is that give and take. You know, knowledge is king, not only in this world, but in all worlds. Um, but I, I, I really think that there's more levels to this than, than we're all looking at. You know, war has a lot of different angles. And June sees it from her angle. The, the Stevens of the world see it from his angle. Um, you know, and Gilead sees it from their angle. You know, was it, was it smart to have the ceasefire the way they did it? It was good politics. Was it smart to, to blow them away the way they did? That's what happens. Happens all the time. The only difference is June was there and we knew somebody that was there. So anyway... I just can't wait to hear the next episode. Hopefully Moira was not a dream and she was actually real and look forward to the rest of the podcast. Bye. I mean, one thing I don't understand, Alex, is you said you think that Lawrence might've had a commitment to his wife to help the cause and the wife, his wife's cause was that she thought Gilead was horrific. So I don't understand how what Lawrence did, which is encourage a bombing right before this ceasefire would help his wife's cause. I don't get it, what you're saying, Alex, but I must be missing something. But let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Uh, we are overwhelmed and delighted with all the feedback we've received. It's wonderful to see so many people uh, taking the time to write and call in. If you call in, if you could try to keep the call to two minutes or less just to keep the podcast to a manageable length, but please keep them coming. We are Absolutely. loving it. Yep. Yes, we are. We love hearing what you guys have to say. 
right, that's our show. Thanks for listening, everyone. If you'd like to write in or record a message like Renee and Alex did, you can email it to talk at podcastica.com. Check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash podcastica. We're also on Twitter at podcastica. And next time on the podcast, The Handmaid's Tale Season 4, Episode 7, Home. And I'd love if you guys would write in and let us know if you could be submerged in a vat of something. What would you want it to be? (laughs) Why, obviously. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I also want to remind you guys of my Patreon, patreon.com slash Jason Cabassi, where you can get ad-free episodes of this podcast and you can help support my podcasting. Yes. And then you can come and hang out with us, maybe. If you're on a certain level on the Patreon, you can be part of the Facebook group. And we have a lot of fun over there. Yeah. We just finished a golf tournament that was really fun. And I'm super excited that I actually qualified for the next round. You did. Yeah. It's going to be sixth great. place. Tenth place. Yeah. And I I wouldn't have fourth. bet on myself, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> But Wendy's also very good at rooftop battle golf. Yeah, rooftop battle golf is excellent. We just try to kill each other. That's what we're aiming for. (laughs) Games where we try to kill each other. Yeah. Uh, Jason, why don't you share what you're up to on other podcasts? We know you're covering that great show. Covering Fear. This last week, Lucy and I just savaged it. Uh, It was really fun. And I hope that even if you love fear, you're having fun listening to us, have fun, talk about it. Uh, Next week, I'm really curious what the episode's going to be like. And I'm about to go on to one of the Bald Move podcasts to talk about uh, Army of the Dead, which is Zack Snyder's zombie movie that comes out tomorrow on Netflix. So I'm excited about that. I'll let you guys know when that's up. Yeah, that's why my husband wants to watch. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like in May we've gotten some great movies. Like Spiral mm-hmm. came out last week, Army of the Dead, and then at the end of the month we're getting A Quiet Place 2. That's so, exciting. I can't wait for that. Yeah. Uh, Jason, rumor has it you're going to have two guests on Fear the Walking Dead oh, yeah. next week. Yeah, two we're... that are really excited about the show. Yes. They're very excited. <laughs> been loving this season. They're yes. uh... Daphne and Wendy are coming on Fear the Walking Dead cast, which is going to be super fun. Yeah, just to have it a is. Handmaid's Tale contingent talking about something other than Handmaid's Tale. So I'm very much looking forward to that next week. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it as well. I, I may be the only one that that hasn't completely like hated every episode. But no, I haven't. I, there's been ones that I this second half has been pretty rough but the first half of season six there were a couple in there that i really liked a lot yeah and i like the cult one this time too not to give away too much (laughs) well i've been busy over at run for your lives pake and i released the an episode on cooties which is a 2014 kids eat spoiled nuggets turn into zombies movie (laughs) that you know it it's you know and then the city's called fort chicken so with that movie, you know what you're getting, but we had such a fun conversation about it that it was great. And this week we're covering one that's a little darker called Colossal. So that will be out on Friday. So I've been pretty busy between the two and next week it's going to be three. So I'm really excited to get to podcast with Wendy and Jason 
twice in one week instead <laughs> of just Handmaid's Tale. So it's going to be fun. Where do What's the best place for people to go to find that? Just search Run For Your Lives wherever they get podcasts? You can, yeah, Run For Your Lives um, on any player that imaginable. We're pretty much on everything, including YouTube. And you also can find us at runforyourlivespodcast.com. It's got links to all of our social media, um, email, all the episodes are there. Cool. Go back and start from the beginning. Hake usually does that part of our podcast. He tells everyone what they need to do. So I'll put the URL in the show notes too for people. Awesome. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Thank you.